Welcome to PE Talks Africa, the African Private Equity and Venture Capital Association's podcast. In this series, industry leaders will share their views on the investment landscape in Africa and will discuss latest trends covering fundraising, deal-making, value creation and exits across private equity, credit and venture capital. In this episode, hear from Catherine Swanepoel, Chief Investment Officer at Southwest Capital, Chuck Burbridge, Executive Director at Chicago Teachers Pension Fund, Christian Dunbar, City Treasurer at City of Philadelphia, Daphne Tonelli, Partner Investor Relations at Helios Investment Partners, and Herman Marai, Co-Founder and Managing Partner at Exeo Capital, as they discuss how African fund managers can effectively engage and educate commercial investors on Africa's vast investment opportunities. The session moderated by Alexander Alfonsi, partner at Axonia Partners, and Mark Lasser, managing partner at SO Capital Advice, is part of AFCA's 2020 Focus Series, launched in June 2020. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a pleasure having you today, especially after the turbulent times we've been going through. Um, and we're here to explore the uh, eternal question as to um, how we could improve the game for fundraising in Africa. We we are receiving reports every every quarter that the LTs are still very bullish on private equity worldwide. Um, that even last year, close to 600 billion were raised in private equity worldwide, and yet it all seems to percolate into Africa. And we would like to understand a bit more from uh, comparing the perspectives of GPs and LTs how we could do more to attract uh, commercial investors' capital into Africa. Um, so uh, we, we will explore those questions in turn through uh, asking uh, LTs and GPs uh, and, and ask them to provide us with their perspectives. Um, maybe the first one I'd like to, to get, the first perspective I'd like to get is one of my peer uh, perspective, Mark. Uh, we're, we're both placement agents and serving African GPs into the European markets. Uh, and Mark mentioned this morning that he, he had a very interesting uh, point from uh, from one of um, his participation to, to another industry event. Mark, maybe you want to you want to get started on that. Alexander, thank you. Um, I'm also very happy to be part of this conference. Let let me uh, give you a, a few takeaways that uh, that, uh, that that um, came from a webinar this morning organized by the French. Uh, Venture Capital Association uh, on Africa, which show that there is some interest in Europe for uh, the African PE landscape. Um, I think that maybe that would be a, a bit surprising, maybe for the people. But uh, uh, the, the people, the, the, the people being part of the seminar this morning, were mentioning that maybe COVID-19 is a great opportunity for uh, the private equity industry in Africa, since uh, the age of the population in Africa seems at this stage, and uh, I'm not uh, especially, seems to, to show that the African continent is not impacted like other continents, uh, the continent where the private equity industry is more mature, like Europe and the US. Um, the, the second takeaway that is also, I think, very important in my mind is the diversity of situation within the African continent. A lot of people are considering that uh, Africa P has a, only one landscape and we have 54 countries and different situation, and the panelists were mentioning the difference between countries that were basically linked with the commodity, like uh, Algeria, Angola, or Nigeria, and other countries where the, the, uh, the economy is more diverse. 
And um, a third point that is uh, also apparent, that is a point at this stage, and uh, we don't know if we will have a second wave of pandemic and how the pandemic will evolve in Africa and all the continents, but the point was made on the fact that the consumption was still very, uh, very important uh, in several countries in Africa. And I think this is, uh, this is really important for, for the growth of the private equity industry uh, on our continent. So um, in the short term, maybe uh, the, 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 um, the, the outcome of this, um, this, um, uh, this pandemic could, be, uh, could have some positive uh, elements despite maybe a, a short-term stop uh, on, uh, on our uh, private equity landscape uh, on Africa. Uh, and I give back the, the floor to, uh, to Alex Rand to, to start the discussion with, uh, with our panelists. Yes, thank you, Mark. And so with those positive news uh, on a relative scale with relative COVID, uh, maybe I'd like to ping our two LPs on the panel and, and start to, to get their perspective, uh, maybe from being in the market as to why they think uh, many commercial LPs seem to be still somewhat lukewarm at, at the prospect of engaging with African GPs. Um, so I'm sure you, you two have different perspectives from from your different standpoints, uh, even being in, in Africa or in the U.S. But, and you two are very actively looking at, at the market. Um, maybe should we start with Catherine, and, and if you could give us some perspectives as to what, what you think is missing there to attract more commercial capital. Thanks, Alexander. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, maybe I'll kick off. I think that uh, the market in Africa is still developing. Um, you know, we, we only invest in Africa, so it is a slightly different perspective, and it'll be interesting to hear, um, you know, Chuck's views as well from a, from a very U.S.-centric perspective. But we do speak to a lot of global investors. Um, and, you know, the, the important thing and what, what investors want to, to see from their private equity portfolio is returns. So, um, you know, that, that is a key element. Um, perhaps in Africa we... We are still lacking a lot of the, the detail and the data to show those returns. Um, again, because the, the market, the, the, the African landscape is still developing. Um, if you look at the, you know, the, the aggregated data which um, AFCA and Cambridge Associates have put out, then the private equity markets in Africa does not seem to provide the returns that stack up with other markets, including developing markets in, in, in Asia as an emerging market. Um, but I think that we do need to drill down into that a little bit more detail. And, and as Mark mentioned, Africa is not just uh, one country. It is 54 countries. There's different regions. Different regions are, are less or more developed and can provide a different experience or a different opportunity set. Um, and there are, you know, a number of funds in Africa that are, are starting to show or have in the past shown those returns that investors are looking for. Um, so it, it, it's important to keep um, focusing on returns to, to, to show that our African uh, the African landscape is, has great opportunities um, and to show, you know, investors how you think that you can achieve those returns going forward. Um, and again, you know, the past is not necessarily a, a good determinant of the future and there are a lot of opportunities in Africa. It isn't primarily a growth market. Um, it's not really an LBO market. So again, it has different features from some of the more developed markets. Um, but the important thing is to, is to highlight the successes, but also, you know, the learnings um, and to, to, to kind of ev provide evidence to offshore investors in particular that Africa can provide um, competitive returns. Thank you. And Chuck, how would you add on to that and uh, given your perspective? Well, I think I would add on to that by saying that uh, in addition to looking at Africa as an investment opportunity, that the uh, investors need to look at themselves. 
as uh, as investors in their past experience. You know, um, yeah, I think U.S. investors have a hundred years of experience of investing in the U.S. and developed markets, and they are, have been uh, well rewarded for, for for that experience. And so they they really haven't had the, the need or the desire to look outside of what they're they're familiar with. So um, so I think uh, you know, in some ways, our, our size. Uh, as a as a U.S. investors um, probably plays against us, and that uh, you know, a recent article with Warren Buffett says that, you know he, when he's investing uh, his his money, you know when you have 300 to 3 billion dollars to invest, it's hard to find uh, investments that are suitable. But when uh, for us, when you're having only uh, 20 million dollars to invest, uh, and, and then we we can find those those opportunities and look at them differently. So really, it's it's a it's been my experience uh, in my career that it, it's fresh eyes that that, that brings the uh, that finds the the, uh, the kind of the diamond in the rough, so to speak, and that, that it's uh, and I think it takes fresh eyes from the investor's perspective and examine their their uh, expectations and opportunities to to really uh, to discover uh, what uh, African markets can can provide to them. So it's uh, it's both information about Africa, as Catherine uh, elaborated upon. I think uh, investors need to look at themselves and, and what kind of fresh eyes are bringing to the, the landscape. As, as she says, uh, the past isn't the necessarily a predictor of the future, and, uh, but we've had a very successful and comfortable past in many respects, and, and I think uh, it would uh, behoove us to, to, to bring some fresh eyes to the, to the investment environment. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. Um, we have the chance uh, to have uh, Daphne Tonelli and Herman Murray from Elios and XO Capital, uh, two, two GP that have been able to attract money from commercial investors. And I think that a lot of their peers attending this panel would be happy to, uh, to know the tricks. So maybe uh, if you don't mind being French, I, I would stop maybe asking Daphne if she could uh, give us uh, not, not the tricks, but maybe uh, what what she put in front of uh, what were the the, the the main items she was mentioning when discussing with commercial LP to to, uh, to attract their interest? Yeah, it's a good question. I think Catherine makes an uh, an excellent point that um, you know our market's really all about growth. So um, earnings earnings growth is really what drives returns, not leverage. Uh, so I think that's a key uh, differentiation between when you look at developed markets, which um, there's not a lot of growth, there's a lot of leverage, there's a lot of risk in there. So I think some of the risks are misunderstood. As Chuck said, if you're a U.S. investor, you're quite comfortable with the risks in the U.S. just because you're used to them. Uh, but certainly, you know, in portfolios that are highly levered in a market where there's not a lot of, uh, of growth and where you could hit a bump in the road, uh, there, there are risks associated with that. So I think getting investors comfortable with the risks. Certainly the operating environment is seen uh, by some as a risk. So being able to demonstrate that you have the capabilities to navigate such an environment with people on the ground who, um, who are very capable of driving the trajectory of portfolio companies uh, is essential. So I think those things are, are quite important and really getting behind the numbers and understanding them. Catherine made another good point about the aggregate numbers. I mean, we've done a lot of analysis of of how we generate our returns, the amount of alpha that we generate, and on a risk-adjusted basis, how attractive our returns look compared to, um, you know, to other asset classes as well as things like U.S. Uh, private equity. So I think you really need to dig into the detail and be able to demonstrate that to LPs. 
Um, and may I give you the floor and, and maybe uh, emphasize the point that has been mentioned by Daphne and also uh, Catherine. Um, I think we, we heard that uh, a lot of um, LPs, commercial LPs, are not really familiar with the African peel landscape. Um, when you are discussing with commercial LP, are you uh, uh, also say, um, uh, teaching them on uh, the, the diversity of Africa? Amen. Sorry, maybe. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, I agree with the perspectives from uh, the other colleagues that uh, that uh, we need to help the commercial investors not familiar with Africa to um, see a more disaggregated perspective and to understand that the risk profiles and the return outlook, uh, talking in country terms, is different um, between those countries in Africa that can be truly classified as emerging markets compared with other uh, global uh, markets, and those that are really frontier markets. Uh, you mentioned only one differentiation to make, but I think it is an important perspective which we certainly find helps in our conversations and are helpful to commercial investors. I think in the same context, um, the research of the of the private equity asset class in emerging markets that were done over many years in the past have shown that uh, as these markets develop, and it's certainly the case in Africa as well, it will at some point reach a tipping point. I think many of us believe that the tipping point came about four or five years ago, uh, but we're probably still moving towards that. When when it becomes a destination that is uh, more readily accepted and taken into the strategies of established mainstream private equity investors, the point I would like to make is past research has shown that there is a early mover advantage uh, for investors and DPs that can establish successful uh, investment programs during this period preceding that, that tipping point, because soon after that, it becomes a lot more competitive and uh, deals of a more proprietary nature become less and less uh, available. I think other points that we have seen are helpful to commercial investors um, is, is localness of the GP in terms of local presence, uh, knowledge of the local culture, and therefore closeness uh, to the deal flow um, channels and um, knowledge and experience of peculiarities that are uh, inherent in local due diligence work uh, to be done. I think lastly, perhaps to mention that um, we've certainly found among those commercial investors that have strategic interests um, that are linked to uh, strategic operations uh, elsewhere in the world and that are looking at private equity for a combination of both financial returns as well as an opportunity to become more familiar and get more visibility uh, of the local business conditions and investment opportunities uh, that private equity can often fulfill a valuable bridge uh, for uh, actualizing that interest uh, with commercial investors. 
Many thanks, Armand. Alexandre? Yeah, thank you. I to, to ping the GPs again on, on. So we spoke about the risks there, and uh, I mean, we, we alluded to the specific risks of the African continent, but surely you must be looking at very exciting investment opportunities as well. And maybe that's me and, and, um, and Herman, I'd like to hear a bit more about the exciting investment themes you're seeing and the ones you're promoting to uh, commercial investors that are specific to Africa and perhaps that they should be aware of. Uh, maybe the same order, that maybe you want to see? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, that I was seeing in, in my previous response was, uh, sorry, there seems to be a bit of feedback here, was uh, regarding the growth opportunities in our market. And, and certainly, um, area where we've seen a significant amount of innovation has been in payments. Uh, we've invested in four payment businesses across our various funds, and we've actually um, just made another announcement. We haven't announced it publicly, so I can't tell you too much about it. This is uh, this is an area where there's been a lot of innovation, and really, you, you know, you've seen that sort of leapfrogging. Um, uh, taking place in in Africa, so that I think is something that where there's a huge amount of interest. Uh, renewables is another area where I think there's uh, there's been a significant amount of interest as well. Thank you, Dabney. And Herman, what exciting opportunities have you seen that perhaps are unique to Africa? Yeah, from a generic perspective, I certainly agree with Dabney. This is certainly the uh, continent and the subcontinent for growth capital uh, investments. That is, that's the name of the game in this part uh, of the world. Um, if we talk sectorally, then of course, Exeo Capital um, has um, had its entry into the private equity space over the past uh, 20 years with a major focus on the food. Uh, and agri-related uh, value chains um, in our part of the world. And um, I think the experience over the past uh, 10, 12 years has certainly shown and demonstrated the uh, potential and the long-term potential of this uh, sector of the local economy, uh, given the very prominent role that it fulfills in most of the economies uh, of, of this region. And we've seen that playing out um, successfully in uh, several of our investments where we were able to generate um, targeted returns consistently. Um, if one had to look beyond uh, the food uh, and related um, activities uh, from an exo capital perspective, another sector that very closely aligns with um, the use dividend of, of Africa uh, is education. Uh, private education, uh, the demand for private education is growing at a rate uh, in this continent where the available investment from the public sector um, is, not, is not nearly able to accommodate uh, that demand both at school level and at tertiary education level. So if I had to highlight just one other uh, consumer-related um, Sector, I would, I would highlight the education sector uh, as one that has a great future ahead of it. It, it has attracted considerable private equity activity over recent years, uh, but uh, we see 
considerable potential going forward. And it has, of course, certain intrinsic attractiveness in terms of negative working capital, uh, as well as the um, certain positive factors in terms of the payment behavior among customers through uh, different phases of the economic cycle. All right. Um, let, let me thank Herman uh, for, for, um, for, uh, for, for the three sectors. Uh, let, let us be back to the, um, to the LPs, if you don't mind. And um, I think we, we will have here two diverse, uh, uh, two diverse points of view. Um, how do you think, uh, and maybe, maybe uh, Catherine, I will have Catherine put in the first. Maybe Catherine has a, a double um, view here because um, uh, she's already um, uh, promoting the African private equity uh, industry um, in the world. Uh, how do you think the investors are familiar with the, the private equity uh, industry in Africa? And in your mind, how could we, uh, and the ABC is, uh, is clearly one of the, is providing, uh, working in that direction. How could, do you think we could improve um, the, the, the visibility of the, the private equity industry in, uh, in Africa? Mark, I think I got your question. There was, there was a bit of feedback, so um, if I uh, if I miss anything out, just let me know. But um, it, it sounded like you were asking, you know, how we can um, further promote the, the African private equity landscape. And I think, um, you know, one one of the key things, and I think that Avca and, and other of these types of associations can help with, is is information and data. Um, and so that that's certainly something that we hear a lot from investors. Um, how can we compare Africa to other potential investment opportunities globally if we don't have data on Africa? And, and we all know data on Africa is, is lacking. So the more information that we can provide for investors about the opportunity set, about the differences between the markets, um, about how those opportunity sets differ within those different markets, as, as we've mentioned, commodity countries different from non-commodity countries, emerging markets or, or middle-income countries different from lower-income countries or, 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 or less diverse economies. There, there are opportunities in all those spaces, um, and, and we, we need to kind of highlight how those opportunities, you know, the, the, the attractiveness of those opportunities, and some of the sectors have been talked about by Herman and by Dabney, um, but actual hard data on, on, you know, the types of growth that we're seeing in some of these sectors and how they can compare to other developing or other emerging markets. Um, would be very helpful, I think, and, and, and just keep on talking about the successes that, that some of our, of our funds have had in Africa um, will, will also be helpful. In, uh, thanks, thanks. Um, you, you, you understand my, my question pretty well, and I hope that uh, my following question to Chuck will be, uh, uh, will be clearer. Um, Chuck, um, in the discussion I had this morning with, um, um, with other um, actors in the private industry in Africa who are seeing that last year roughly four billion uh, have been raised of the private equity continent, out of which uh, one billion is uh, for venture. Um, did you hear already um, uh, about uh, venture on the African continent? Well, yes, we hear, hear about venture capital um, on the African continent and uh, but I tell you that that's not our focus. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, we we are uh, looking more into the, the, the GPs that we've joined and partnered with, uh, more into uh, agricultural uh, food food industry and uh, uh, telecommunications 
in some some retail. But uh, so, but we 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 do uh, we have seen venture capital uh, uh, presentations, um, and so uh, actually I, I'm reading some uh, text coming in from my my colleague who. Uh, who is uh, in the audience? Uh, and we're talking about uh, you know the various buyout opportunities uh, that are in those those industries and the, the need for for capital in order to expand the, their business models and, uh, and gain the kind of economies of scales. I, I'd also want to follow up with uh, Catherine's point on uh, educating uh, uh, LPs as one of the reasons uh, that uh, there's the the program the the Bright Africa uh, series of uh, of uh, materials, uh, we're working with Riscura to, to to try and help uh, expand the the, uh, the the knowledge base uh, for for uh, for all LPs. I think it's important though that the the, the GPs. What I think the, the the landscape is different now in this uh, in this environment with uh, COVID, and that uh, with the all LP, all GPs uh, being travel restricted, uh, you know, the opportunity to to get on a, a conference call with uh, with uh, USLPs is, is much better, um, and so I think that's very helpful in, in sharing the, your, your stories. You don't have to travel to our offices, which is kind of the, the history of uh, investment management is that the investment managers or their agents would come to, to various uh, cities and make presentations, and, and uh, right now nobody is doing that, so, and so that, that in some ways levels the playing field. I think also I, I think uh, the, the GP, African GPs need to emphasize uh, and understand why why do USLPs um, invest in private equity in general? Uh, you know, what's what's the, the view and the efficiency of the, the, the public markets? Uh, there, there's certainly a reason why uh, uh, pension funds like ours is, are have been looking in the, the, the private markets in recent years, or really the past decade. Or so, uh, and some of that is the belief of the risks that occur in the public markets. Well, you know, when you look at Africa, well, there's certainly risks of uh, of, uh, of investing in the public markets in Africa. They're they're very thin um, and narrow, but and they're so so the private markets actually make a lot of sense. And in some ways, the the private markets of Africa are on a much better uh, playing field than the uh, than the, the the public markets are. Uh, so, so I think uh, I think the, the the GPs when they approach a, an LP like ours, they, they need to emphasize everything that Catherine said. You know, what's what's uh, what's the real economic sense of of the investment? Uh, how is uh, the, this going to grow? Uh, and not just uh, use financial uh, uh, wizardry to, to try and improve uh, the balance sheet or something. It's uh, and, and then package it for sale. But really, how are you going to grow the company? Uh, what, what experience do you have in the industries that you're investing in? You know, where are the people located? Are, are you trying to do this remotely, or are you do, do you have people embedded into the economies that uh, you're, you're asking us to, 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 to invest in? And uh, and really kind of go back to the the, the roots of why uh, LP would be interested in first private equity, and then second private equity uh, around the around the globe, including Africa. So, so I think uh, it's, there's a lot of information that needs to be shared, and it's really going to be up to the GPs to, to share that. And now's an opportune time because we're all sitting in our houses uh, doing uh, Zoom and uh, webinars. So, so it's a, it's a good time to, to, to share information. 
Yeah, thank you, Chuck, for, for this perspective. Um, Alexander, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can I just remind uh, all the panelists who are not speaking to mute themselves? We're just trying to reduce the background noise. Sorry to interrupt. Thank you so much, everybody. Right. No. Um, yeah, no, so I was just I was just going to ask you, Chuck, actually, based on your experience and, and now talking to all GPs, uh, as you say, on a remote basis through, uh, through Zooms and, and WebEx conferences, is there is there anything that, that you feel is missing in the with the African GPs? I mean, beyond the beyond the comparison and all the industry background knowledge that, that everyone is trying to, to collate and gather. What do you think is missing in that game? I mean, obviously, sometimes even we as placement agents encounter GPs from other regions, especially, um, you know, we, we see people sometimes can be more assertive or a bit more, um, in certain ways, are, are very strong about their, the, the confidence in the numbers, even sometimes in inflated markets where the numbers have to be challenged. Uh, what what do you see as the the main point to be improved by GPs coming out of Africa when you compare them with other geographies? Well, when when we first started researching uh, Africa, you know, the, the, some of the, the 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 areas that we we encountered is is uh, the lack of knowledge of the GPs about the uh, U.S. Uh, investment investors, um, for example, but uh, many. People don't know about uh, our pension fund and really the state of Illinois itself is that uh, placement agents aren't aren't allowed. Uh, so when we talked with uh, one of the large uh, uh, managers in South Africa and they said and we asked them how well, how are you go access our market? They said well we're going to use a placement agent. And we said well you know you, you can't do that. Yeah, it's against our law. Uh, so so really the the, the the GPs need to educate themselves on the investors. And, and what the situation uh, and rules, uh, particularly as it relates to pension fund, which is my area, um, what rules they have to play by in order to, to uh, make an investment. You know, who makes the decision? How are the decisions made? Um, so, so that 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 was an area that we found lacking. Um, I think there's there's a, again a, a lack of familiarity um, that the, the 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 African uh, GP has to. Uh, Try to to uh, overcome. Uh, you know, the, the, as, as I said, you know, often, um, you know, the, the GPs are very familiar with how you address the risks that uh, people read about, say, in the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times. The, the, the challenge is how do you overcome the risks that uh, decision makers read in the, their local newspapers, um, uh, like the Chicago Tribune or even the New York Times. It, it, uh, and and because uh, those are the kind of the, the the visions that people have of Africa is what they read in their local paper. Not everybody reads the the, the, the Financial Times or the Economist, and and so the, their 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 views and knowledge of the the, the world is, is is very narrow, and we we see that played out every day. So so as I started with, uh, you really need to to try and open eyes, and and. Uh, and uh, and so that uh, we can uh, we can uh, kind of take in what what is being offered to us, uh, and, and that starts with uh, educating uh, uh, investment officers like our, our own Angela Miller Bay as she went through a, uh, her uh, journey of educating herself and her team on uh, on uh, African investments. 
that started you know, really almost five years ago uh, that culminated in our first uh, very small foray into to, uh, to, to Africa and investments. Um, but the, the GPs need to, to understand who they're investing with and, they, and what what are the uh, critical areas of knowledge that uh, they, they need to uh, overcome. Sure, that's, that's a very good point. It's, uh, it's knowing your your customer and, and knowing who you are and engaging with you. Um, and, and Catherine, you, what is your point as well? I mean, if you, if there's one second um, point that that they could improve in, in in reaching out to you, what would it be? Yeah, look, I think it's. Um, I think Dabney mentioned um, earlier on something that just kind of took something in my mind, which was around um, the leverage and the debt, um, and that's just one of one of the things I think we should note is that. We do need to be maybe a bit better at highlighting some of the advantages that Africa has, and I think this comes to a point that that Chuck has mentioned. You know, not not necessarily assume that the people that we're speaking to know everything about Africa like we do, because you know this is our backyard, and so perhaps we assume that everyone knows it's a growth market. There is no, there is very limited levels of leverage. That is something that we should highlight. Um, you know, the fact that although we know that that investors, you know, most investors are are, are seriously after returns. You know, there's also a, a history and background in Africa of, of, you know, being very aware of our impact um, in in the continent of, of ESG issues and, and the correct management of that. And that's partly due to the history of having a lot of development finance institutions investing in Africa. And so I think that that is also an advantage to an extent that Africa is almost on the front foot about that. Um, you know, diversification is important. Um, the fact that, you know, Africa has... Is, is still developing in terms of the capital market. So, you know, we haven't had the advantage that other, a lot of the other developing markets or developed markets have had in, in having many more avenues of exit, including IPO markets or, or capital markets. And that's starting to develop. Um, and we're seeing more and more, um, you know, examples in our portfolio of, of both companies on local stock markets, but also international stock markets. And that, you know, potentially will provide even more opportunities for, for returns in the future. So I think it's it's important to to address the risks that people perceive of Africa, as Chuck mentioned, but also to highlight some of the advantages that they may not know about. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a very good point, uh, Catherine. Um, maybe maybe to for for um, for Daphne, um, we um, I think it's interesting to um, to, to see how you. Uh, you, you mitigate the risk and, and rather uh, show the opportunities. I think that um, I think that currently uh, after COVID, we may say that most of the most of the portfolio company in Africa have no stress of liquidity because they are no leverage. Um, is it is it a point or is there other point that you are uh, mentioning, highlighting to um, uh, to LPs when you are discussing with them? You also mentioned, and I would like to come back to that point. Uh, it's, it's linked with that Chuck statement uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, you mentioned in our um, preparatory discussion, uh, and it's linked with the knowledge of the, the LP, uh, the, the importance of consultants. So if you and uh, Armand could elaborate on, on uh, the merits and the, the, the pros of uh, Afri the, the African uh, private equity uh, market, and also um, how we say better navigate with LP by knowing a consultant. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think 
Um, I don't want to spend too long talking about our own strategy because that's not the, the forum to do it in, but, but I do have to answer your question talking a little bit about our strategy because we're really focused on businesses that we think of as core economic infrastructure. So businesses that really have to exist for economies to function. So through this period of COVID, we have seen, you know, the, the importance of investing in these very resilient types of businesses, whether it's uh, agriculture or, or basic foods, whether it's payments businesses that have, that have been performing even more strongly through this period, or whether it's sort of PMT infrastructure. So think about, um, you know, telecoms towers because of the need for even more uh, voice and data connectivity. You've got people working from home. You've got people consuming a lot of content from home. Lots of these sorts of businesses are extremely resilient. So I think people need to understand, you know, what sorts of opportunities are resilient, but what do you see going forward for the next 10 years? So, you know, we have a story around that for us of how we can explain, you know, the trends that we see, what sectors we think will benefit, but actually even within that, when we take the past 15 years of experience that we have, even what specific criteria are necessary in order to build the sorts of businesses that we build and to avoid risk. So uh, we think about, you know, what specific criteria within a business are important to us and what things uh, make in a business more, more attractive to a buyer at exit. And you really have to be able to talk investors through that in a great in a great amount of, of detail and provide examples of, uh, of how you've achieved those returns. So I think that's important. And I think on the point about consultants, that's very, uh, that's very important. I think at, uh, any GP raising money, I mean, first of all, you can't ignore the U.S. as Chuck said, you know, the, a lot of, a, a lot of the capital is there, but the most sophisticated private equity investors in the world are there. So they've got well developed programs where they may have a space for Africa in that. Um, and there are many consultants. There are fewer now because there's been a ton of uh, ton of consolidation. I think uh, Mercer probably owns about 10 of the consultants that we used to work with, but that's absolutely essential for them to understand um, what your story is and, and, uh, and what the advantages of them showing opportunities to their clients in Africa, because they're often the people who will open the eyes of LPs. Um, I mean, I think Chuck's made some great points about learning about LPs and their accessibility, but I think any GP on the line knows it's actually hard to get connected to the people that you want to talk to, and consultants can can certainly help that. I'm not saying that placement agents don't do that, but there's a uh, the consultants play a very very important role in uh, in positioning your strategy for you and getting you in front of the right investors. Thank you, Daphne. A very good point on on consultant. Uh, because it's, it could be ignored. Um, for the sake of time, because it's, it's apparently quarter to, uh, to 3 p.m. Uh, uh, British time, uh, maybe, um, and just as a sort of a wrap-up, um, when, you, when, you when, you, when you had several discussions with commercial LP, what, um, what is your experience in a, in a few words? Um, yes, Mark, I think uh, from our experience, the um, opportunity to uh, attract more commercial investors into the Africa private equity space um, is definitely there. Um, from a sectoral attractiveness um, perspective in terms of what Africa offers, I think in this conversation we've only made limited reference 
to where some very attractive sectoral opportunities lie. We've referred to the food and agri sector. We've referred to education, but, but we haven't even discussed, of course, other growth sectors such as the logistics, other FMCG beyond food, healthcare, and uh, various supply chain uh, related uh, investment uh, opportunities. Um, I think from a GP perspective, um, you know, so many lessons have been learned over the past um, decade in Africa that the GP community needs to apply in its strategies. So certainly from an exo capital perspective, we're putting a lot more emphasis on partnering businesses that have the potential to grow into becoming regional operators. In that way, partly mitigating um, the currency risk that is such a prominent risk uh, of this investment geography, but also living up to the um, objective of scale. It has become, I think, increasingly evident that the quicker we can build scale in the underlying investments, the more resilient our businesses are to uh, to withstand some of the shocks that come and now and again in the in this investment uh, environment. Export uh, focusing businesses, again, a good hedge against uh, the currency risk, which has been bedeviling many of the uh, return profiles of funds in, in this region. I agree with the emphasis on the consultants, and I think this afternoon for me has been, has been a very good illustration of the valuable role that um, collaboration between the consultant community and, and the spokes uh, platforms for Africa, such as AFCA, can play. And perhaps it's an indication of um, a lot more that can be done uh, to forge links into the, uh, the consultant uh, community and, and empower them uh, with that necessary knowledge and perspective that they again can convey to address some of the uh, questions and concerns that, uh, uh, that Chuck highlighted. Thank you. Alex? Yes, if we have time, we would like to pick a few um, questions from those who received in the Q&A uh, uh, chat room. Uh, one of them is, uh, do you see, maybe it's a question to start with, uh, to ask the, the, the LPs first, do you see a, a, a greater role for direct lending opportunities and funds at the moment alongside private equity, typical private equity funds? Uh, do you see space? For, for, for that um, as a means to um, to finance growth opportunities. Have you seen more more credit funds uh, on your end, for instance, Catherine? I know you're, you're, you probably see a lot of opportunities there as well. well we have seen, I, th I think there are more opportunities in that space. We've seen more funds um, developing um, in that space. Um, I, I guess the, the, the big question there is the, is the right um, you know, risk return balance um, mm -hmm. and making sure that you're getting adequate return for the type of risk that you're taking. Um, so that, that's probably one, one aspect. And um, the development of, you know, enabling infrastructure and, and having a bit more um, involvement perhaps by kind of senior lending, which, you know, which will potentially accommodate and help drive that market of, of private credit as well. So um, not, 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 not a hugely developed part yet, but it is, it is developing. Mm -hmm. Anyone else wants to comment on, on the opportunity for credit funds in, in the market and, and is, is this a rising asset class?
All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, let me throw another question quickly, uh, which I uh, was reading. Is how do you go? And again, for our piece, I'm sorry. Uh, how do you go about um, your due diligence process in the current times? Uh, what, 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 what are you stressing? Given that you can only do virtual meetings, um, so what are the, the key elements you're trying to, to get out of those remote discussions? I'm going to see uh, my colleague Angela Mays on the uh, on the list here, and she might be able to give you more insight to how our uh, virtual due diligence program is working. Uh, she's listed under Angela M. She's the chief uh, investment officer for our fund. She's joined us. Uh, if you could maybe direct that uh, to her, she might be able to provide greater insight in how we're doing the uh, the virtual due diligence because we do continue to do due diligence even virtually, um, and uh, see if you could uh, get her to unmute or, if not, uh, then I just say, up oh, there she goes. Angela? Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Angela. Hi. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Did you, did you hear the question? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was about due diligence. Um, we are continuing to do due diligence on um, our managers that are based in Africa, as well as, you know, all other managers. It's really no different at this particular time when we're at home. So everything is really via Zoom. Uh, we are asking all of our managers, you know, during this time, you know, how are they impacted? You know, are, how are the companies impacted? Um, the balance sheets, um, the supply chains are critical, um, you know, the management teams that are in place. Um, so, you know, it's it's business as usual. Um, it's just via Zoom. And because of our distance, um, most of our meetings with our, our African ma managers are uh, via Zoom and, and WebEx. Um, and I, I think, you know, that's going to be something that we're accustomed to because of the travel bans that are in place. Um, but we are actually attending um, annual meetings. Um, we are, you know, on LPAC committees. So we are uh, very involved in, in understanding what is going on with um, their pace of investing, um, their calling of capital, what they're doing with that capital. Um, and how the companies themselves are progressing through uh, this particular time. Right. And so if I may ask technically, could you go all the way through a commitment into a fund remotely? Or, or I mean, what, I, what are the legal implications of you going all the way through of the current situation? Well, sure. Um, most of the managers that we commit to, uh, we have relationships with, and I think that's first and foremost that we – we understand and, and um, communicate to managers, we see a lot of managers, that, you know, if we are doing an RFP and that's the first time that we're meeting you, it's probably, you know, not a good thing for you. So we try to form relationships way before we're looking for managers in any particular asset class. So the managers that we committed to, you know, like Chuck said, we've been doing this um, going back and forth um, from the continent for about three years before we we took the uh, small step to commit the 20 um, the 20 million dollars 
So, you know, we just committed to other managers in our, our previous board meetings this year while we were um, working from home. But those were managers that, you know, we've been following, um, that we understand their strategies, that we know and have met um, the people, have visited offices. So um, it's been pretty easy so far, you know, because we, we know the managers that are coming in and we kind of acquaint ourselves with them prior to even, you know, going into a request for proposal and then going over, you know, specific legal documents um, and then bringing them to our board for as finalists. Um, so our board meetings are via Zoom as well. And um, based on the recommendations from ourselves um, and our consultants outside of private equity, um, the board has generally uh, followed our recommendations. All right. Um, I think the question is, is for both uh, Catherine and, and Chuck. I think that Catherine, your, your investment vehicle are in US dollar. Um, that we have a question. Um, how do you feel about uh, the falling commodity price? So that uh, I think we had a rebound. So maybe the things are, are, are not as bad as they were uh, a month or a month and a half ago. And when you combine uh, COVID with, uh, with this falling commodity uh, uh, price, um, how do you manage that being a, a US dollar investor? Um, yeah, good question. Yeah, I think uh, I mean I think things have changed a bit in the last year and a half. Um, I mean, month and a half, <laughs> a lot in the last year and a half too. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I think you know all of our I think all of our funds and, and managers that we invest with understand that you know we are targeting US dollar returns, um, and they themselves are targeting US dollar returns, and so have to keep that in mind when they're making investments. Um, obviously, you do you do on occasion get you know currency type shocks. Um, you know, I think the commodity prices have impacted a couple of countries in, in more, in more say, in Africa than, in, than other countries. So South Africa is an example where you've seen the currency um, depreciate quite significantly. That's also partly because there was also a, um, a downgrade um, at the same time. Uh, so really kind of a, a combination of, of, of things. And then Nigeria is also a country where, you know, people expect to, to see some depreciation as well, particularly to the oil price. So, so it does happen. I think diversification um, is important, which is why we're, you know, we, we invest all over the continent. Um, and as Herman mentioned, it, you know, currency is something that really is, is a key risk that needs to be kept in mind. Um, the COVID, I think COVID, the impact of COVID, we're still working through that, still have to see what the ultimate impact will be. Um, certainly the impact on valuations was pretty significant in Q1. That has come back quite a fair bit in Q2, um, but we'll have to see, you know, the overall impact on, on earnings and how that will affect businesses. Um, we started talking about this earlier, you know, from the beginning of the session, Mark, and, and the fact that the impact on Africa so far, um, you know, has been um, quite different from in some of the developed markets. Um, and, you know, the, the point around leverage, which we've, we've talked a lot about and touched on a lot, um, has also been, you know, quite an advantage in this, in this COVID situation. I think if we look across our portfolio, um, you know, less than 5% of our companies have had any kind of liquidity stress in the short term or have had to seek out alternative financing. Um, and that's because, you know, the companies generally don't have a lot of leverage um, and have strong balance sheets. So, so you know, it, the, the, the funds and, and Africa private equity so far through COVID 
um, you know, it has been challenging and, and a lot of the managers have had to kind of really get stuck in and make sure their portfolio companies are on top of the issues. Um, and you, you, you will get some companies, particularly in retail, for example, where they, they have had significant impacts on demand and, and, and revenues. But so far, they've worked through that pretty well, I would say. Thank you. Uh, Chuck, maybe the, the final question, when, uh, maybe the same question, but we had Herman uh, that was mentioning uh, that in, in any portfolio companies, in, in investing is considering uh, the, the capacity of the company to do export, uh, maybe export in, uh, in currency that enable the, um, enable the company to mitigate any, uh, any swing on, on the value of the currency uh, in the main market. Is it, is it one element that you are considering when uh, you review the, uh, an investment opportunity on the African continent, the capacity, of, uh, the capacity and the willingness of the GP to, uh, to try to uh, uh, basically accommodate the, or limit the, the currency risk by uh, doing exports? I, I probably have to tell you that it's not, uh, although in saying that it's not, it's, 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 it probably really is. But if you look at the, the uh, investment uh, vehicles that we're in, uh, that is not the, uh, the, the really the, the the item that dominates our our thinking. Uh, in, in many respects, the uh, the the economic play that uh, we were really interested, in, uh, I guess, uh, capitalizing on is uh, intra Africa trade, not uh, extra Africa trade. So so the commodities uh, we're not we're not there to invest in commodities and ex in uh, uh, exporting to the U.S. or, or to, uh, to to develop nations, we're we're interested in the uh, the companies that are going to benefit from a growing uh, interdependence of the African nations. And uh, and so as we look at the the the, the, the trade blocks that are forming and the, the relationships of uh, and good governance that is emerging in, in many nations uh, that, that, that we believe will, will bring about uh, prosperity to, to the, the growing middle class. Uh, the growing uh, edu uh, kind of uh, numbers of people that are uh, receiving uh, basic and advanced educations, um, and so so we, we weren't uh, really looking at uh, the export and commodity markets as, as a vehicle for growth. Um, also, in, in many respects, uh, you know, it's like they say: uh, the, the best time for planting a tree is 30 years ago. The second best plot time is today. You, you really can't. Uh, we, we can't say that all of our that our investment decisions are based on where we think uh, exchange rates are going. Uh, if anything, right now we think uh, since we're now just in our, our our GPs are just starting into their investment cycle, uh, we think that ultimately the, the exchange rate trends will will work in our favor. Uh, but that 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 again wasn't the driving uh, force behind our investment uh, strategy. We really were looking at growth. Opportunities within the countries and uh, between the countries uh, that make up the African continent. Great. Thank you, Chuck, for your contribution on this. I think it was very inspiring as well, the, uh, the analogy with the tree uh, and the time to plant the seeds in the market at the moment. Thank you for listening. To find out more about the African Private Equity and Venture Capital Association, please visit avca-africa.org.